Welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 104. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to be starting Next Gen's seventh season with the episodes Descent Part 2, Liaisons, and Interface. Here we go. Descent Part 2, Season 7, Episode 1, Production Number 253, Original Air Date, September 20th, 1993, Directed by Alexander Singer, Written by Rene Echeverria, Music Composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Richard Gilbert Hill as Bosus, Stephen James Carber as Tayar, Jonathan Del Arco as Hugh, Alex Datcher as Ensign Tate, James Horan as Lieutenant Barnaby, Benito Martinez as Salazar, and Michael Riley Burke as Gobal. <laughs> In the aftermath of Data's desertion to join the board, Beverly Crusher commands a skeleton crew aboard the Enterprise, while most of the ship's crew, led by Picard, search a remote planet for their comrade. Upon sighting the Borg ship, Beverly retrieves as many crew members as she can and escapes, leaving Riker and Worf behind to search for Picard's group. Meanwhile, Picard, Troy, and Geordi are held prisoner by Data and his evil brother, Lore, who has assumed leadership of a group of Borg that includes Hugh, the young Borg who spent time on the Enterprise. Data, I can sense feelings in you. Yes. My brother has made that possible. He gave you the chip. The one Dr. Sung made for you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I still have the emotional program my father designed. I wouldn't want to give it up. It's what has given me such a strong sense of family. Descent Part 2. This is another one of those those funny ones when you look back at your notes and out of context. <laughs> <laughs> I've got data experiments with Geordi's brain. <laughs> and my favorite, Crusher flies the Enterprise into the sun. <laughs> uh, let's see. Who would like to start this episode off? Steve. Yeah. There you uh, go. Yeah. You know when I was reading the uh, <laughs> when I was reading the opening uh, when I was reading my part there at the top, I almost said decent part two, and I think that might be a Freudian <laughs> slip. But uh, yeah, I you know it's it's uh, it's got a lot of action and so on. I it felt this felt clumsy to me in a lot of times. I there for a lot of reasons. I mean the kind of the 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 um, guest actors, many of them on the Enterprise, it felt really poor and hard to not believable the the plot seemed convoluted a lot you know i mean it's not all bad i um i liked you know the notion of you know these these borg are so lost that uh you know they're open to following you know any anybody who who lead them and that's what happened with lore and and as always uh Brent Spiner does a great job in playing multiple roles and um it's easy to take that for granted um but that's that's those are my initial thoughts on this Caesar what are your uh, um this one was far more entertaining than the first one I think we all had problems with the first one as well um, I agree with Steve. I mean, it's a lot of fun to see um, Brent Spiner play Lore, and on top of that, we get um, a devious um, Data here as well, and you know that that whole kind of you know evil Data. I mean, it's basically just kind of a version of Lore, but it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, um, it's an interesting premise about the Borg, you know, that individualism. Um, you know, you know, going back, there was, there's a lot of things in this episode that go back to other episodes, obviously, you know, with Hugh and that episode from season, what is that? Five or six? 
I think five. Uh, and then you know we have crushers. You know the you know there's some stuff from her episode about the the, the shielding and all that mm-hmm, kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. there's a couple things in here you know that that are come from past episodes. Obviously Picard, you know, and his relationship with the board. So well, we get um, one more bit about uh, somebody trying to do experiments with Geordie's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've seen that before on the show. Um, it's not long after in a movie that we see it. Yeah, right. Um, I don't know. I got. I just. I think this episode's kind of boring. Actually, I. I couldn't help it. I think all three episodes we're discussing today are rather lackluster. Um, you know, we'll have lots of time to get into that, but there. To me, there's. We're just. We're starting season seven with this sense of. Why is there a season seven? <laughs> I've said before, All Good Things is so good, and I love All Good Things so much that I'll take the entire season of, you know, mediocre episodes, which that's, you know, that's an exaggeration. There's definitely a few good episodes in season seven. Um, but I would take an entire season of mediocre stuff just so that just I could that. have, yeah, mm. just for All Good Things. But, um, this is the first time that I watched season seven and, and kind of wondered why. Um, from, from my research, there were kind of two things going on. One, you know, as we're starting season seven, this is the time when, you know, remember Star Trek, 1993, 1994, 1995. This was the height of Star Trek mm-hmm. um, in, as far as how much was going on. And honestly... It's hard for us to imagine that it's ever going to be like that again. So, you know, looking back, 93, 94, 95, that could be, depending on how you define size, but that that could be as big as Star Trek ever gets. You know, 93, you had the launch of DS9. 95, you had the launch of Voyager. 94, you had the finishing up of, of Next Gen as well as the movie. And, you know... There were lots of other things, like they were starting their plans for, um, you know, things with Paramount Parks and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, you know, when you think about the generations that the film coming out, uh, November 94, season seven, they started shooting this season a month sooner than usual because they had to finish a month sooner than usual so that they could go right and shoot in that movie at the end of season seven so that that movie would be out by, you know, Thanksgiving 94 for the plan. Um, and you had all these same people that didn't get the same amount of time taking a break between season six and seven. Also, those same people being spread thin. Mm-hmm. You had people writing episodes and movies and uh, and creating a new show, you know, uh, all this stuff. And that was actually 93, uh, so that so much of this stuff could come out in 94. Um so I think it was just they were just spread too thin, and then on top of that, with Next Gen, you had we've already have we already have six long seasons in the can, uh, and they're feeling like burnout. I saw an interview with I read an interview with Ron Moore. I think this was I don't remember this might have been in the Next Gen Companion or, but you know he talked about we're sitting there and somebody says, hey, how about we bring in Jordy's mom, you know, for the episode we're going to talk about next. And at first, and, and at first, we're like, great, that sounds really cool. And then we thought, this is the best we can come up with. We're resorting to 
Jordy's mom. <laughs> this show needs to end. That's what he said. <laughs> so that's what we thought. That's when we realized we're sitting in the writer's room and we thought this show needs to end. Um, so out of that world, we get Descent Part 2 and Liaisons and Interface and Sub Rosa. <laughs> we're going to have a lot of this kind of stuff. So it's not that any of today's episodes are terrible. I think there are a lot of really cool ideas, especially like Interface. They were, they were kind of shooting for something a little higher. They just missed. But right now we're talking about Descent. So, Descent 2. Um, there, were, there were things in here that I thought were really cool ideas, like what Data is doing to Geordi mm-hmm. is incredibly dark. Dark, yeah, creepy, terrifying. Also, I mean, he actually talks about, it's not just, you know, science. I'm doing science to you. No, he talks, he's, he's like, doing some kind of taking some kind of a reading on his brain cells so that he can create you know uh, electronic versions that can then replace his brain cells after he eradicates them so basically he's trying to turn him into some kind of a uh, an android or something but he'd still be Jordy. I mean it's it's this it's an interest it's a pretty cool idea even though you know totally terrifying <laughs> mm-hmm. um but they barely go into that. It's barely in there. Um, uh, Lore, you know, uh, th- that opening scene. Lore tells Picard something to the effect of the reign of biological life forms is is over or coming to an end or something like that, right? You know, there's a kernel of an interesting idea there. You know, we've, I mean, it's not a unique idea in sci-fi, but, you know, the idea of machines overthrowing their makers, but... That's all we get from that. I don't think that there's any real sense of Laura's motive here or even like really what was he doing with, with the Borg? He, his experiments, he was trying to make them more like him. What? Is that what it was? I don't – okay. I don't know. You know, um, how, how does Data help with that plan? Why would he recruit him? Uh, why would he be so quick to want to kill him near the end to show the other Borg what exactly? Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't understand. Um, so much of this I don't understand. They bring back Hugh. We all love Iborg. That is an incredible freaking episode, and we all wanted to see Hugh again. And he comes on this in this episode, and he has so little to do, and he makes such a, t- a small impact. I genuinely would have never seen would have preferred to never see him again. I would rather he wasn't in this episode than he comes on for such lip service. I don't it's it's it doesn't make any sense. It does not make any sense. He he was so huge before and now he's no nothing, nobody. He doesn't even have a scene with Jordy for God's sake. Um it's a whole lot of stuff I don't that get it. it. It feels like they're just filling up time and stuff and and the, as far as the whole b- plot the secondary plot that's to me that's even more mind-boggling because it, it they set it up they set this big thing up first off in, in part pressure? yeah in part one mm-hmm. inexplicably send down the vast majority of the crew on this planet which i didn't even get understand that in the first place and then uh so they're there it's almost like an excuse so she can do something up there with a skeleton crew and then she's flying in and out let's get as many as we can it just it's so convoluted it's just like filling up time or something to me and the other people that are on the bridge with her i mean there's nothing i feel like we've seen all that before and why are why are why do we have nobodies on the bridge 
That's the, really the best that's left. You left only those. That's the best people left on the ship. He's got a woman at tactical that isn't even quite sure what to do. And there's a Borg ship coming at you. <laughs> what? What? I don't. I don't know. It doesn't. It just. I don't get this episode. I. Um. It's unfortunate because I mean, there like as as we alluded to, there are, are notions that would be interesting to focus on. But that's that's what's lacking is a focus. It's like pick something and and you know hone in on it and roll with it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we'll we'll get to what we think may or may not be what it's about. But there's a number of things you you could have focused on to make them what it's make it what it's about. But I don't think there's enough to really to to flesh it out. You know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, Steve, it sounds like you and I disliked it more than Adam. Is that accurate? Yeah, I did. And, um, <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, I don't know. It just didn't bother me as much. Maybe it's because I watched it on Blu-ray for the first time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so you're getting a kind of hangover yeah, for, from the first experience. with this, the... for our listeners well, I've, said, I've, seen, I've seen a few of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brian, Steve and I, that's right. Steve and I have been uh, buying the Blu-rays in... Um, Watching them entirely that way. Adam mostly has been uh, watching the SD on Netflix, but for season seven, he bought the set. It's the first set you've bought. Mm-hmm. You've, I know you've seen a couple of them in HD, but this is the first set you've bought. Correct. Mostly because of all good things, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's some good um, episodes in here. Yeah, I'm, no, no, they're not, not maybe not today, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, um, you know, well, I mean, I can, I, I, I can comment on what what I noticed. I know you guys, you probably. Listeners out there have heard you guys talk about this before, but I didn't. The um, the biggest thing for me is the depth of field that you get from the Blu-rays. Yeah, it's got a three-dimensional quality to it. Yeah, I mean, there's a much more. It's, I mean, you know, it's not. You're not going to be blown away by the crystal clear clarity. I mean, you know, there's still some um, noise in the picture, but I mean, the depth of field is very, very, very good, and colors are very vibrant, vibrant compared to say Netflix or. I did enjoy watching the promos. <laughs> yeah, those really show you the difference in the quality. But yeah, uh, for people that by the time, who knows when people were listening to this podcast, um, you know, we timed, we've been timing this. We, we, we didn't start with Next Gen, obviously, until we finished DS9, and that was well after the Next Gen Blu-ray sets came out. But we just got lucky as far as all the timing and stuff and, all, and the changes we made to our structure of our podcast that we were only discussing three episodes instead of four. Long story long here. Uh, we are discussing the season seven, the first three episodes of the season seven Blu-ray set, the very week that that set came comes out, which is the first time that's happened, and it meant delaying our podcast one little week, and that's why we're a week late. But anyway, um, so that was actually kind of fun too. Just, I know that doesn't have anything to do with the episodes, but <laughs> first time you know getting to watch them right when they came out. Uh, but a little bit sad too. Like I was, like on, on on one hand, I was, I felt happy that we now have all seven seasons of Next Gen in HD, and there's no, they're not going to pull the plug, which is what I was afraid would happen. Like we'd end up with only half the show mastered in HD. Um, but it's sad, of course, because there's nothing else coming. And you know, I I look at my shelf here, and and uh, well, that's it, that's it. You know, I mean, that's really it. But anyway, uh, well, we gotta, well, we'll get to do Enterprise and um, the original series. I know, but there's nothing else to look forward to. There's nothing. There's nothing. Not coming. yet. Not yet. I mean, you know, maybe a couple of years down the road. Who knows what what'll happen? Well, in literally two years, I hope to be buying a Blu-ray of the new movie. But 
Who knows? Who knows what'll happen? Who knows? Anyway, Who knows, um, Brian? Who knows? What's Descent Part 2 about? Brothers trying to take over the universe. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think it they it, there's a little bit here of the like we like I talked about earlier this notion of there's that desperation that if you are so lost and you have no direction you're vulnerable to being led by um led led by someone that you shouldn't be following you know and uh, there's plenty of examples in history of that kind of thing happening real life things i i i don't think they've fleshed that out enough to for me to say that's what the episode's about definitively or anything like that i, well, I wish that, that, I mean, it, that in there the fact that it's sort of about lore and data mm-hmm. more i mean it doesn't have much to do with the borg in a way yeah you know um but they're the ones who make the theme that you were just mentioning, Steve, they're the ones that would be affected by this, um, you know, lost sheep. Um, so that theme would have been one that would have been interesting to explore, but we're not exploring that. We're not exploring them at all, really. And there's a little bit of because of the data lore thing, there's a little bit of um, control and, you know, mm-hmm. like an addiction kind of things, you know, but I did, I did, it would have been better if they just picked one, you know? Yeah. Like and, one of the scenes I liked in this episode out of contact, like the one I like the scene, but it doesn't do anything in the show was the scene where one of the two Borg, uh, brings another Borg up to Laura and says he disconnected himself from the collective. Mm-hmm. And Laura's like, I've asked you, and he's really nice about it. You know, I've asked you to stay connected because it helps with this and that. And we're trying, you know, I understand why you have fears and doubts and that makes sense. And, I don't. I honestly don't know if Lore was totally yanking his chain or if he actually cared. Yeah. <laughs> I genu- and I should. Now I'm not saying I should have known just by watching that scene, but if I'd had any sense of Lore's motivations or purpose, yeah. I think I would have known that, and it would have made that scene more effective. Um, it would have made the entire show more effective if we'd had that sense of his purpose. Um, but that scene, in an isolated way, is interesting and unique. Uh, do do you think sometimes episodes suffer from the fact that they have to give, especially big episodes like this, they have to give every character something to do? So, I mean, obviously we have Crusher on the ship. I mean, could we have done without that? Maybe she just... I think we could have done without that, and we could have done without Hugh. We, you know, I think if all that stuff had been gone, if it had just been, you know, just those storylines, have Picard and, and Jordy in there, definitely... Because I, I wouldn't want it to just be um, data and lore in that situation because I feel like we've seen that before. But I don't know. It's just well, – I, I, mean, I didn't get it. I didn't get what this episode – I can't even say here's well, what I think they were question. trying to do and they missed. I don't even know that. Well, I mean, well to go back to me, do you think that they just – they're trying to get everybody involved in some way or form even if it doesn't make sense? I'm just wondering if that take, yeah. that any of that could have taken place. Yeah, you know, there's trying to get Crusher uh, in command of the bridge. That's a, that's laudable. That's fine. I, I don't know. It feels shoehorned in in this episode, but that's a, that's a cool idea. They should have just done an episode where she was in command instead of doing that relationship episode that we're going to see with the lantern. I think that's this season, right? They can ask us about anything. <laughs> 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 yeah, Worf sitting on the 
in waste distraction the entire <laughs> episode. <anyway. laughs> All right. Uh, Caesar, did you have anything for what it's about? I know Steve said something. No, I'm good. I agree with Steve. Yeah. I'm... All right. Then let's move on to Six Degrees for Descent Part Two. Um, I'm going to do something new. I think a lot of the times my what's the name of the episode questions maybe are a little too difficult. So from now on, when I have a name the episode question, I will put a hint about that name in the question. New Jeopardy. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, are you going first or second? I'll go first. Brian so Cousins. <laughs> Brian Cousins plays Croesus, one of Lore's faithful Borg. We last saw him as Perem, the Romulan, in Next Gen's fifth season when Ensign Rowe and Geordi LaForge find themselves out of phase with everyone else. Name the episode. Okay. Yeah. Um... All right, I remember remember that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't recall the name of the episode. Adam? I'm just going to say out of phase. No, it was the next phase. Mm. See, so now we're going to be <laughs> stupider. <laughs> missing the question. What in there? Thanks, Brian. <laughs> sure. Uh, Adam, Michael Riley Burke plays Goval, a Borg that has doubts. In Enterprise, he played the Vulcan Koss in three episodes, Home, The Forge, and Kirshara. What season of Enterprise was that? Four. You are correct. Season four. Adam has one. Steve has none. Moving on. Liaison, Season 7, Episode 2, Production Number 254. Original air date, September 27, 1993. Directed by Cliff Bowl. Story by Roger Eschbacher and Jacques Greenspawn. Teleplay by Gene Kerrigan Fauci and Lisa Rich. Music composed by Dennis McCarthy. Guest cast include Barbara Williams as Anna, Eric Pierpont as Boval, Paul Ading as Locale, Michael Harris as Byleth, and Ricky Deshaun Collins as Boy. <laughs> The Enterprise welcomes two Iarian ambassadors, Loquel and Bylith, who are visiting the ship as part of a cultural exchange that will also send Picard to their planet. Before Picard departs, he assigns Troy to act as Loquel's liaison and asks Rikers to do the, Riker to do the same for Bylith. But Bylith has other ideas and instead demands that Worf serve as his shipboard guide. Soon afterward, Picard departs for the Iarian homeworld with Baval, the Iarian shuttle pilot who is gruff and uncommunicative. Their awkward silence is disrupted by a malfunction aboard the ship, which crashes on an unknown planet. It would appear I don't have any broken ribs after all. Jean-Luc. What's going on? Are you trying to keep me here? Please. I love you. Are you keeping me locked in this freighter? Liaisons. You know how I remember this episode? Mm. This is the episode where Picard kisses a dude. <laughs> cool. <laughs> all right, all right. It does, it does have, I can't help it. I wonder, like, how far was she going to go if Picard had been up for it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, how? How well does this little transformation crystal work? You know, it's... <laughs> but, you know, 
if it was Captain Kirk, I mean, right? We, we would have found Ry- out. Yeah, yeah Riker, yeah. even. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know, but this is hundreds of years into the future, so I'm sure that Picard would have been okay with that. Sure, saying sure. he's already experimented. Well, you know. Um, so this was originally pitched, you know, you got to remember what year this was made, right? This was originally pitched as, um, Star Trek's version of Misery, which was a very popular book and film Mm -hmm. from the time, um, which I have neither read nor watched in a great number of years. So I don't remember, I'm not sure how much it holds up, but it probably does. Um, but of course they spun it out of control in the writing and to the point where it's, um, I don't know, this is, this episode is probably slightly better than the previous one, but I still, I still, I still find it, um, disappointing. Um, it, it does make me laugh a little bit, uh, how Picard shows his inexperience with women because when she admittedly creepily kisses him and says she loves him, he says, don't you think you might be a little confused? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's not really the smartest way to go. But um, Adam, why don't you kick us off on uh, liaisons? Um, I like the idea of, you know, the ambassadors, you know, coming to experience different um, human emotions. And I kind of like the way they went about it. It gave us a lot of um, fun moments with Worf and this Byleth who keeps trying to antagonize him. And of course, you know, it's, it's fun to see Worf squirm like that in diplomatic situations. Um, so that was fun. Um, I said, I like the idea. I don't, I don't disagree with you. It kind of leaves you feeling a little bit empty. I mean, I, I think maybe if they would have done, done, I didn't know that idea about misery. If they might've done a little bit more with that on the planet, with that, that might've been a better episode. I don't know. Steve, what are your what are your first thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it had entertainment value with the the humor. St- I mean, there were you know, I thought there was some funny stuff on the ship, um, certainly. Um, but I think it, I think the overall the 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 main premise is slightly convoluted. I mean, I understand that different cultures are going to have a different way of doing things, but it's kind of like we do not understand these emotions, so we you know, it, it kind of. Felt a little third series, third season original series ish in that way, you know, in the sense that you get these kind of squirrely ideas, you know, like, uh, so we decide to test your temperament, and then over here, we, what is this love? And I don't know, it's just that's that's kind of strange. <laughs> and then, of course, the the convoluted stuff with the you know, the one who changes his shape into the woman, and then back and forth, and then there, I don't know, it, it, it's this kind you know, of bizarre. Um, I have something positive I can say about this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's dated de- reasonably well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's held up reasonably well from what it was. Because I remember when this episode first aired. This is one of the few that I remember. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about before. I only saw maybe half or so of the next gen episodes when they first aired, and then I saw all the rest starting in around '95 in syndication. Whenever my life settled down. Uh, well, with that one episode <laughs> exception mm-hmm. from years back. Anyway, um, but I remember really disliking this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, whatever, 
17, 18 year old me um, didn't didn't appreciate things like acting as much. Mm-hmm. But, you know, <laughs> at least now uh, I can really appreciate like especially Patrick Stewart's acting. He does a lot, so much with his face. There's so many shots mm-hmm. where you you know he doesn't even have any lines. You know, and that's the kind of stuff that I didn't appreciate before, but I do mm-hmm. now. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe that's saying it's more on me than the episode, but it 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 says maybe there was more there than I thought there was, you know, twenty years ago. Um, but and I and I like this woman. I think she's a a good actress. I don't mm-hmm. know what else she did, um, but um, yeah, so much of the other stuff. It's it's rather it's just so kind of simplistic, but. You know, um, the Worf, Worf has a line that makes me laugh. The whenever Troy says they're testing even my chocolate limits, <laughs> you see, you see, they're insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Um, but I don't know. I mean, how how does this today's episodes? How do these hold up for you guys? Um, they're they're middle of the road episodes. I don't, you know, I mean, there's well, some I mean, that just, as far as comparing how they might have made you feel 20 or 10 years ago to today. I think I, think I kind of feel the same. They're kind of middle of the road episodes. I'm, you know, when I watched them, I don't remember going, oh, wow, that, you know, they're middle of the road episodes. They're not great, but they're not terrible. I mean, I could watch any of these episodes again. I mean, like I said, Liaisons has some. Has some, you know, it has some entertaining moments. I mean, humorous moments, not like any action. I mean, you know, there's a scene with Data and Worf where he's cutting the meat, and Data's like, you know, <laughs> Worf explains, you know, he's rude, abrasive, and you know, <laughs> Data's like, well, you you have all those qualities. You know, you just... <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's hard to say. I mean, I think you know, if you go all the way back 20 years from when this this aired, or 21 years, or whatever it is now, they they um. I, I have a better understanding as to why something works or doesn't just from exposure and the discussions and, you know, seeing a lot of different things. I, I, this particular episode, I think back then I would have said, oh, you know, I, I like it because it's Star Trek The Next Generation, but I wouldn't have said I'm, I'm just crazy about the episode. I, I mm. um, you know, I, I think, but, but that, that's pretty broad and it doesn't really say much because I think back then it would have taken something really bad for me to feel that it was bad, you know, with, with my love of Trek and being, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, this was like kind of the peak of one of the, amongst the peak of the years of its popularity. And I was, you know, huge into it. And I just love to see a new episode and I'm, you know, I still would, you know, love to watch it just because it's Trek, but there's just a different, I bring something new to it. And so it's, that's why you can nitpick easier and say, okay, well, this doesn't work, this doesn't. But there are certainly mm-hmm. moments in this that I that I do enjoy of entertainment value. It's just that there's a lot of um, odd. It's, there's a lot of bizarre qualities to this, and I don't think it's particularly cohesive either. You know, so Steve, um, uh, oh, go ahead. I mean, you couldn't. Um, you couldn't had. You couldn't have had this episode in season one, two, or three. I mean, just because it's funny because we know the characters so well by this point. So, I don't know. You know I I don't think I agree with you on that one. I think true? that you could have had this episode in an early it could have been a, you know, season 1 or 2 episode and I think that's one of the things that is evidence of its 
um, you know, mm-hmm. inferior quality compared to some of the season six episodes that were good. I don't, I don't see much in this episode that's that. I don't, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you there. But like the funny moments that we have with Warf, uh, the moment I talked about with Data and Warf, those moments, the the chocolate moment, that's because we've had six plus years to get to know these guys and what their likes and their dislikes mm. are and their camaraderie with each other. I don't think that would have come across as well okay. in the first couple of seasons. I, I think I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing with you about story wise and you know execution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, just the, the little moments that I think that we all kind of like about this episode, I don't think we would have would have come across as well. I, I do. I do think that you know, as we begin season seven here, I do think there's this season seven feel that it has. You know, there's the mm. season seven. Season seven has a feel to it. I had the same thought. Yeah. Because, and I think it's this. Um, I don't know what it is. But I mean, part of it is just time with these actors together, these characters, and all the different stories we've had with them. Maybe some of it is we know this is the end. This is the last. You know, last year maybe they behave a little differently because of I I don't know what it is, but it's it's kind of got this very lived in, you know. There's like a like an, the old shoe comfort kind of thing, you know. Because even yeah. when the episodes aren't so great, it does feel like okay, this is a tight knit group. We can definitely feel that, you know. Yeah, you know, listeners, this is this was this aired, you know, before the internet, right? This this yet. It was common knowledge. Everybody knew this was the last season of Next Gen because they announced they announced before this season even started. I believe they announced this would be the last season, and then a film would be coming out in November of mm-hmm. you know the, that next year. And even without the internet, everybody knew this was the last season. You know, every time one of these episodes aired, um, we had to watch Entertainment Weekly to find out news. <laughs> right, but but there was a sense of. You know, we're one more closer to the the end, and we're so close to the end. You know, um, so I I do remember that feeling. You know, and in my life, I was moving around so much these last couple of years. Uh, but even even then, I still tried to make it was I I think I probably saw more of the season seven episodes than some of the prior seasons, percentage wise, just because I was really trying. Like this is it. You know, it's going to end. Um. So maybe that's part of why I have that feeling too. Like season seven has this kind of feel that you know it's it's not quite as quick as you know you could mix up. I could more easily mix up six and five an episode or something. You know, uh, what's this episode about? Wait, do we feel like we've covered enough of this episode? I'm not sure. I feel like I'm shortchanging so. it. You think so? All right. What's this episode about then? Well, we got thrown around by a dude too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't talk about the little the little scene there where he got tossed on the ground and the card gets messed up by a girl. It's weird. It's a weird scene too. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I think what they were trying to go for is how emotions are felt and expressed. I don't know if that quite came off. You know, obviously, you know, you have love, you have pleasure, um, and I guess whatever, what was the one Worf was supposed to, anger? Antagonism, is that what they call it? Antagonism, I guess. Um, It's kind of what I came away with, and that's what they were trying to go with, you know, like how emotions are expressed and felt and... Mm -hmm. 
and, and how different different cultures just you know comprehend these things and handle these things a different way. I, I when you know again we you, you said it. You said here's what they're trying to do. You know when we say that they that they didn't quite make it. But uh, I, I think there's so much more could, digging that could have been done because you know <laughs> if you think about it, you know you have. It's it's like the ambassadors that were dealing with antagonism and uh, the uh, whatever that whatever that was about, just the whole lust for life and pleasure and whatnot. Pleasure. Yeah, they got all, they figured it out right more than the love one, and I think that that's interesting and mm -hmm. not surprising, right? I wish that kind of the, addressing these things and not just being like. Uh, we are here to learn of these human emotions and just hit, 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 and they're done. And that was cute, you know. But, you know, there had been some kind of anal – something more analysis of that and what was found by an outside culture to yeah. – you know, that would have been interesting. Yeah. A side note, something you said just reminded me of something I read. I don't even remember where I read it, but somebody made a joke about you've got, a, <laughs> you've got an alien ambassador who's assigned to discover pleasure on the Enterprise, and he is assigned – Counselor Troy, <laughs> the best he can come up with is eating a bunch of dessert. Mm. Chocolate. Chocolate. Hmm. Short-sighted um, short man. But what could have been interesting, I think, is what you, part of what you guys are getting at. You know, there is an idea there of these things that we take for granted that's part of the human condition and what it, what it means to be human. Um, how foreign those things could be to a true alien, right? Um but there is no sense of but that's but that's a very shallow that's a very realized in an incredibly shallow way here you know yeah what were you um, going to say you know, um what i was going to say is what as entertaining as the pleasure scenes were and you know the ones with warp and all that so they, they were entertaining but i mean yeah we didn't really get much on the love end and it's not because Picard didn't fall in love with this person it's you just I think Picard is eloquent enough that he could have at least explained to him love. I mean, you know, you had that, they kind of had to wrap it up really quick or right when he found out, he was kind of pissed off and he's like, um, what you did is a crime. And then, you know, when they get back to the, the enterprise, he's like, Oh, I enjoyed, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's yeah a little off to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I think they could have delved into that a little bit more. I, I don't think they needed to, to have them fall in love, but I think that there could have been at least a little bit more, in depth to that yeah it's just a forced you know it was very forced and they kept it going and she's gonna jump off the cliff she, you know it's just kind of drug it on a little too much there yeah that that is a good point because I, I i think that even that would have helped to some extent i mean cutting some of the redundancy out of some of the scenes yet having a better wrap-up you know versus just the very diplomatic. Oh, you take we take a balanced approach, and you take a more direct approach, and da, 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 you know, have, have a different com <laughs> different conversation there, you know, or something. Yeah, yeah a little more in depth, a deeper conversation. Indeed. I think a bit a bit more appropriate. <laughs> I was going to say. Or you could have Picard kiss the dude. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they they had a they had a good time there. I mean, I was kind of I think it would have been reasonably appropriate to, to just give him a little kiss goodbye outside the shuttle. Why not? <laughs> Can you what a if, little pat on the butt? You know, that wouldn't have hurt. What if, what if like this 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 is so terrible? But what if like the second Picard saw Anna turn into the <laughs> to the ambassador, like, it cuts back to Picard, and he's like frantically like 
Wiping his slips or something. <laughs> so he, he goes into that Ace Ventura thing where he's in a fetal position in the bathtub. Yeah. Hey, then, listeners, listeners, I'm, I'm, I'm all. <laughs> we're just making jokes here. Um, hey, I've, I've, I've stood in the the lines with the signs protesting for uh, LGBT rights. So just know I'm a very open minded, open minded guy. Um, but. The thought of Picard, yeah, the th- thought of Picard with kissing a dude is, is very funny. That's all. That's all, that's because, all it is. Because now you could, it could it could be going down, and then if any of this nonsense we just mentioned happened, <laughs> we'd be talking very differently about how well this held up, you know. And then you know, yeah. if he really did fall in love, yeah. Well, hey, that, that would have been you know, an interesting episode. Yeah, all right, six degrees for liaisons. Steve went first last time, so Adam. Yes. Eric Pierpoint plays Voval, the guy that can't get Picard to love him. In Enterprise's fourth season, he played Harris, an agent of Section 31 in four episodes. Harris had recruited which member of the Enterprise's crew? Which member of the and he recruited which member of the Enterprise's crew? Oh gosh. Oh, it was a security officer and I can't remember his name. Am I right? Alert. Uh, <laughs> Alert. No, Alert. That didn't help. No. Not red not red alert. Uh, mm, yeah, I don't know. Steve? Is it uh, Malcolm Reed? You're right. Malcolm yeah. Reed. Uh the Reed Alert. Yeah. <laughs> that always alert. made me chuckle. Uh Steve. Oh, you guys are evened up now. Uh Steve Pierpoint also played a Klingon in Voyager's sixth season. Torres dies and is on a barge heading for the Klingon afterlife for dishonored Klingons. Name the episode. Mm. Name the episode. Um, I remember. I remember this vaguely. Um, barge of the Dead. You are right. Barge of the Dead. Steve has two. Adam has one. Moving on. Interface, Season 7, Episode 3, Production Number 255. Original air date, October 17th, 1993. Directed by Robert Weimer. Written by Joe Minoski. Music composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Madge Sinclair as Captain Silva LaForge, Warren Munson as Admiral Marcus Holt, and Ben Barine as Commander Edward M. LaForge. Jordy uses the capacity of his visor implants as a link between his brain and a mechanical probe to help rescue the science vessel USS Ramon, which has become trapped inside the turbulent atmosphere of an unusual gaseous planet. While Jordy prepares for his mission, Picard receives distressing news from Admiral Holt that the USS Hera, which is commanded by Jordy's mother, has disappeared without a trace and has essentially been given up for lost. Mom, is it you? Is it you? Oh, I forgot all you can see is this probe. Yes, it's me. I'm, I'm actually on the Enterprise. I'm interfaced with this probe. Jordy, who are you speaking to? What are you seeing? But is it really you? Interface. This is um, another one of those with a funny line out of context in my notes. Data helps Jordy be a probe again. <laughs> and I almost can't read the BA part, 
So it kind of looks like data helps Jordy probe again. I don't know. But here we are, interface. Um, first thing we have to talk about here is does this whole conceit of every time we see the, the probe, we see Jordy walking around. Does that work? Because I've always felt weird about it, and I still personally feel weird about it. We've got him like trying to pick something up, and he says, I need more power to the tractor beam. Okay, here it comes. And then he just picks it up, and... You know, and then there's a, his hands in fire, and then real Jordy's hands get burned. What? I don't. Yes, you know, it would have been I, really boring to keep cutting back to the probe and seeing the probe. Absolutely. But I think it's one of those ideas that probably work? sounded cooler on paper than it actually translated onto the screen. I don't mind the idea, but I mean, it's. Because that was back when, you know, that, you know, that was kind of new for interfacing with machines and stuff like that. I mean, I think what Lawnmower Man came out around that time. It's kind of similar, just man interfacing with machine, that kind of Avatar-esque type thing. I just don't think it, um, I don't think it really holds up after, you know, 20 plus years, just because I think it was just kind of early on in that kind of concept. Yeah, with the exception of, the, of using Jordy's implants so that we're directly sending everything into his brain, so much of this seems like very dated tech. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I'm, maybe I just kind of, I don't know why I feel this way, but I kind of, I kind of disagree with that notion because I kind of, I wish when I saw this, I kind of wished they would have done it more in a way and not, not as a feature thing or something that's convoluted, but for a couple of reasons, one, it's like a unique way to use the character and you see his eyes and you kind of just, you know, that notion of just talking to the air and you're communicating you know, to the ship in an, in an alien environment and you just know it's the probe. You see the refl reflection of the probe, you know, sometimes when he passes and things like that. I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to focus on it and dwell on it, but I kind of like the idea and it, and it was just something, just something different. I, no, it's kind no, of no I don't I don't disagree you know? with you. I, I like the idea too, but like if this episode had taken place on Voyager, they would have just beamed the, you know, it would have been more of a hologram projection mm -hmm. image. Yeah. I think it was just, um, I don't disagree with your idea. I like the concept of the idea. I just don't think it has doesn't hold up very well. Yeah, today's. I just don't like that it's that it, it takes me out of it every time because it's like my brain has to cheat, you know, and they're asking me to do that every time they show it. Um, we've seen them try this a couple of other tiny little times, but I mean, this is pretty full on. Like what you're looking at is not what it would look like if you were standing there. What are you what you are looking at is what Jordy imagines it to be in his head every time. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean so that's, that's yeah. just it's just it's just a weird conceit that I I never it, fully um, subscribe to. And like, 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 I, I agree with you Brett. Like it's a little bit clunky. He has to ask for more power or boost the gain every time, you know, it's you know, like I said, it's it's just a little bit clunky. You know, like if this episode took place today, or even in Voyager. Like I said, there w it would be seamless. There wouldn't be any, like, oh, I need you to turn on the, do this for me, do this for me. He'd be doing it all himself, and I, well, I think that's just because this is an early concept yeah. in this idea. I wouldn't want to make excuses for this, but I do think that some of that was to help the viewers understand it. You know, when he's asking for power, and then like the tractor beam, and then like give me a phase or something. I think if they, they would have done that more often, then they would have just bypassed those statements. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I'm not going to defend. It's just one little aspect of this. But I I thought it was interesting and fun, and and kind of that whole notion of seeing something as we see it for our convenience versus what you know we've seen that in 
lot of things. And I think back to one of my favorite TV series around this time, Quantum Leap, you know, with, um, yeah, with, you yeah, know, see, you always imagine himself, but everyone else sees him as someone else, that kind of thing. A little bit of that kind of made me think of that. Come on, Brian. Let's, do get, let, let, let's gang up on Steve some more. <laughs> they do him. in Quantum Leap. They go out of their way to show you him looking in a mirror at least a couple times, and yeah. usually that's pretty early on in the episode too. Yeah. Here we get one shot, which I have to admit, for as much as I love seeing the stuff in HD, that shot where he's looking into the reflection and sees the probe, it didn't look very good. There was something like the compositing wasn't. I don't know. It didn't. It did not look like a reflection in a mirror at all. Mm. Um, but anyway, um, there's it. That's it. One shot. That's it. Um, maybe if there had been more of a, I don't know, a setup where we see the probe for each, the beginning of each trip, we see the probe a little bit, and then there's like a shot, reverse shot, and now we're seeing Jordy. Uh, kind of like you see even in a lot, like a lot of modern movies when they're speaking a, some foreign language or maybe an alien language, they'll do a few shots with the other language with subs, right. and then they'll mm -hmm. switch it into English somehow, mm -hmm. you know, and then you can contextualize, okay, they're still speaking the other language, but, you know. That kind of thing, you know, something a little bit more like that, just just a little bit less. Um, I don't know. I get we've we've. Well, this we've is the techie this. side of it. I mean, it's not really. That yeah. really to so do I mean, that, that's not. It's not. It doesn't hold the episode back. It's just something that twenty years later, um, I'm still, or more than twenty years later, I'm still. I'm, I'm still bothered a little bit by it. It never. It's never settled down for me. I, I guess. That said, um, I think the idea of this episode is a really cool one. You know, it's it's a really neat idea. If you give me a paragraph for what the episode is, story wise, it's it's cool. Jordy's Jordy's uh, you know do, having has this virtual control and is going into this this incredibly inhospitable environment and sees his mom who's who's suddenly recently missing and asking him to inexplicably. Uh, take the ship down more into the the terrible atmosphere. You know, there's something very like sci-fi about this whole storyline that I think is I think it's cool. Um, I just think, unfortunately, the re realization wasn't quite there. It's it's what we were just talking about the the part that you know the 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 conceit that i never quite subscribed to in a way that's that's very indicative of most of this episode for me there's just a whole bunch of little things that are just a little bit just just clunky enough that when they all get added together um overall the episode kind of misses the mark for me but of the three episodes we've discussed today this is the one that i think um has held up in a way, for me, um, it's the one that I would probably choose to watch out of the three. You know, I really like the scene when 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 Jordy goes to seek comfort, <laughs> comforting uh -huh. by uh, his friend from his friend Data. Mm -hmm. I like the scene um, where Riker comes and talks about his experiences uh, getting over the, or at least accepting the death of his mother. Incidentally, that scene with Riker talking to Jordy. That was written and shot three episodes later because this episode came up short in editing, mm -hmm. which is unusual. Um, so there's an, there's enough to like in this episode. This, this episode feels like an episode that was shooting for something more interesting than it became. But generally, I would rather watch something that aims higher and misses the mark than something that doesn't seem to be 
aiming higher, you know, and is solid, uh, which is why even if it has maybe more structural flaws than the other episodes we've discussed today, this is probably the episode that I would choose to watch out of the three. Um, yeah, I think I think the problem for me is that I, I agree with that. I think it's conceptually interesting. I think that they didn't um, they didn't do enough with the with Jordy dealing with this loss or how he's handling the loss and, and how it's affecting his behavior. And what they did do with it is sometimes a little on the nose. Like they just kind of like, well, you know, here's a common thing that will happen if you're feeling this way. And no, I'm not feeling this way because I'm in denial, you know, th- that kind of stuff and not enough, you know, digging in deeps, like it's, it's affecting all of his actions here. You know, it's affecting, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder, like at one point I'm wondering if, you know, the whole taking risks is a common thing, too, because not to say he has a death wish, but he's he's upset. And it's just I just want to, you know, I'm just heck with it all. I'm going to push me down farther. I want to do this. You know, part of that is, is he really delusional enough to think his mom's down there? Part of it is, you know, sometimes sometimes you just want to you just don't care anymore. So, you know, make me feel something because I'm blocking this other stuff out and all that kind of stuff, you know, deal more with that um versus dwell on this on this on the tech thing and then just have a long drawn out conversation it's a little bit on the nose and stuff with you know stuff like that hmm. you know it's it's nice to get some Jordy backstory and mm-hmm. probably i don't know is he like the least utilized as, as far as backstory goes on the show maybe um i don't know yeah. but it's nice. It's nice to get something. Um, Caesar, what's do you have like a favorite scene? I mean, I mentioned a couple of scenes that I really like. Both both people just talking to Jordy scenes. Uh, is there a scene in this episode that sticks out for you? Um, you know, I would say the obviously the Jordy and Data scene. You know, and and Data's quarters. <laughs> it's, it's amusing kind of sad and kind of uplifting all at the same time. It's amusing because, you know, Data, he's staring at a blank monitor for 40, you know, he explains the whole poetry thing. It's kind of sad because you can feel for Jordy because his mom's missing and he's kind of like covering up on that. And you know, so and it's touching because these two are, are best friends, even though one tried to kill the other a few episodes ago. But yeah, I mean, I think that's the best. That's the, probably the better scene of the episode. But I mean, you do. I mean, you do have a lot of emotion from Jordy. I mean, they. I think this episode does move Jordy forward. I mean, you know, I think this is. A, I mean, it is by our definition. I think this episode is a successful episode, because I do think it hits the mark on what it's trying to say, and I do think it pushes the character Jordy forward. It, okay. <laughs> it may not. It, what's it, it not be, Well, I think it's it's trying to talk about loss and acceptance. Um, how you deal with that, how you cope with that, um, how you grieve in a way, you know, the stages of grief, you know, he's, he, he kind of, they don't do a very good job going, getting through all of that because a lot of it is him fighting to, you know, to prove that his mother's down there. Um, when, you know, and obviously it turns out to be aliens, but I do think that, um, the character is, is changed because of this episode. And Steve, what do you think it's about? Um, well, I, I, I think, you know, I think that, yeah, they are, there's that general notion of, 
um, how one reacts to loss and coping and so on. I mean, I think they do they do address that, and it is something there. I, I just think um, I think why it's not why it's not like a great episode is because it's there's a potential there that they you know they don't achieve you know in terms of how how much they deal with it you know and 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 some of the some of the things they do do are a bit convoluted in a way and you know and so far what we've seen what we've been talking about i agree this is the best of the three episodes um is it's almost like and i'm not you know obviously the writers do a great job and this is a you know, great series, and we say a lot of good things about a lot of good episodes. But and maybe for some of the reasons you addressed earlier, Brian. But it feels like these are all a little phoned in. You know, it just feels like mm-hmm. they just kind of, all right, you know, we got a concept and it'll work and da 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 da, and you know, make it spit out, spit it out the dialogue to make it function, and then we move on. You know, it's just like there's, you do a little more, and it would have been something bigger. You know, in terms of just you know focusing on certain elements. In a way, and this is kind of a side comment, but in a way, you know, one of the things that holds this episode back, because you mentioned bigger, it's why it made me think about it. It it doesn't have any sense of scale because we never ever see the sh- mm. ship. That's kind of a weird thing when you think about it. That's another thing that makes the conceit harder in this episode. There's never a shot of the ship in some weird inhospitable environment. There's never a shot of the probe flying into the ship or or even leaving the enterprise i don't know there's no it's it's only interior of the ship even mm-hmm. when the thing's blowing up um and it makes the whole thing feel like claustrophobic I don't know. a bit i mean i, I was gonna say like un, unreal in a way mm, yeah it's so yeah virtual that it's you know. yeah yeah exactly I did, I, I, I did enjoy the planet on blu-ray the, the gas mm-hmm. giant mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. i think part of the problem i have with this episode is i think they they spend a lot of time, you know. They spend a lot of time with Jordy. He's trying to convince everybody around him that he's not crazy. That he has seen his mother. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, a, I just think there's too much of that. You know, it's like the whole time he's having to fight to prove that he's that he's actually seeing what he's seeing. I just think they, um, they probably spent too much time on that. You know, him having to battle the captain or Riker yeah, or whoever. It's a fine line because with the trust that should be established with this with this group after so long, I'm not saying they are all saying, "Oh, you're crazy, Jordy," you know, or something like that. But it does feel like they basically right. There's the general yeah. consensus is, oh, you know what? You, there's no way, you know, you got these things." You know, it's like, is Jordy really the type where he's just totally going to imagine a complete dialogue with something you've says is real in front of him? I mean, you know, talk about the plausibility of it. Talk about what could be happening to make that your brain react that way. Something. But, but we yeah, do not like get that. a sense. We do not get a sense that, that Picard did everything he could, could to. Um, well, we before, have that whole scene in the record. choosing against what what you know. Even even completely knowing that this is not what's happening, you would think out of a sense of of family yeah. and friendship that he would have done just a little bit more mm-hmm. to show that he. Well, look, we tried. Okay, you know. But no, yeah. That that's always been a little bit weird here too. Um, and you feel like the only reason that he immediately says, "Nope, you're not you're not getting going to the probe again," is because that's what the story needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, not not what the characters would have done. And I, I thought thought it was funny towards the end. So the Riker goes into his quarters, and Jordy says, "I'm not going to stop," and then he leaves, and then Riker doesn't do anything and goes off to mm-hmm. the probe. <laughs> like, All right. Comes a probe. All right, I think we've covered this one. <laughs>
Let's do six degrees for interface. Uh, Steve has two. Adam has one. Adam, are you going first or second? Oh, uh, I'll go first. Mage Sinclair plays Captain Siltha LaForge, Geordi's fiery mother. Huh? See what I did there? She played another starship captain, one whose ship, the Saratoga, is crippled in space as she sends out a distress signal. In which film was that? Saratoga. Um, Star Trek Four. You are correct. Star Trek Four. Uh, even up. Steve. Steve can take it for the day. Steve. Warren Munson plays Admiral Marcus Holt, the admiral that wishes he was calling Picard to discuss meaningless chit-chat rather than missing ships. In two episodes of Voyager, he played a character that would later be featured more prominently, although at that time, that same character would be played by another actor, Richard Hurd. Name the character. So Richard Hurd also Uh-oh. played the same character that he played, but he played him first. Richard Hurd played him in a much more prominent way. Admiral Paris. You are correct. Admiral Paris. Steve takes it for the day. Yeah. Hey, on a side note, on a side note, with that was that backdrop the worst with the Admiral? They had the two fake plants behind him. I was just, uh-huh. <laughs> it was like terrible. I like oh. to th- I like to think he's in his house and he just sets up. <laughs> and, you know, I was just in. thinking they probably they probably used the ready room that Picard was in <laughs> and they just put some plants behind one of the the pink walls. I don't know why, but that's just reminded me. This isn't funny, but it was just interesting. Um, liaisons is one of three episodes of Next Gen where there are no shots on the bridge. Hmm. Interesting. Meaningless trivia, but interesting. All right, folks. So a couple of you have emailed in with ideas for things we're going to discuss in our annual holiday episode in a couple of weeks that will not be reviews of Star Trek episodes. Um, We're just going to be discussing about, talking about lots of miscellaneous silly things. Uh, Our thoughts on some of the best movies or shows for the year, whatever. Whatever we feel like talking about, including some things that you guys have emailed in. Thank you very much for that. Um, So, oh, and yes, because someone else asked too, we will also be providing our thoughts on the new Star Wars teaser uh, at that time. Um, If any of you listeners have anything you would like to be placed into that episode, be it in some text from an email you want me to read or, you know, an uh, audio message, keep it under a minute, happy to put it in, but send it to us um, by December 15th, let's say. Um, So... If you just listen to us for the episodes, I totally respect that. We totally respect that. We will see you in, a, in about a month. But otherwise, come back in two weeks and listen to us as we celebrate the season by goofing off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you very much for spending an hour with us. And uh, we will be back in two weeks. Uh, until then, take it easy. All right. See you.
Stefan, I passed it.